Mike Stetson, Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible Jarvis Jones. The game winner got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown to one Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Oh, it is a great Monday, my friend. Number one, ETSU defeated the Chattanooga Mocs handily making it the longest win streak against the Mox. Seven in a row, six straight, double figures. ETSU women's basketball wins two in a row. And a little game yesterday happened where the right team won as usual. So a big weekend for uh, Santa Claus here. Not Is lot this your favorite Monday in the history of Mondays? Because there's not many Mondays you look forward to, but to walk in here with what is a Patriots polo on, usually every day it's an ETSU mm. polo, and you might have one underneath the Patriots polo, I'm not quite sure, but the fact that you had a win over Chattanooga, the fact that you had a win in the biggest game in America every year for your favorite professional football team, this has to be up there with the best days of your life. Getting married, having kids, and this day. Uh, it's, it's up there. Uh, it, it starts with Chattanooga. I'm not going to lie to you. If I would come in here uh, not as down as you would think uh, if my team would not have won the big game yesterday for the simple reason we beat Chattanooga. I've openly said many times on this show and anybody else that will listen to me, I will give up all my other teams that I pull for winning if ETSU is guaranteed to beat Chattanooga in every sport known to mankind, they never lose to Chattanooga ever again in anything. I don't even care if there's a math Olympics. I loved the line of the broadcast you have. The biggest rivalry in all of sports to you is ETSU Chattanooga. And I, I did, Red Sox, I, Yankees, whatever. I, I, preface, that I preface that as to me yes, because to I you. get, I get. I put it on a level that no other human being does. Not even Chattanooga <laughs> right. or other ETSU fanatical fans put it on that level. Right. So I, I did, I did try to qualify that comment or quantify it, whatever. Uh, yeah, put it on the put it on the board. 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 I had to at least uh, be open and honest that to me, right, that th- that is the biggest rivalry to me. It's something I look forward to, and I'm telling you, I mean, I've. I've been known to go out to the softball field and, and create a rocket. I mean, it doesn't matter and especially who or what. at Chattanooga because you have openly said on this show and other places that you love winning on the road more than anything else. I mean, it, 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 I love winning on the road. There's nothing more I like than turn around and waving to people by and asking where they're going. <laughs> and there's, there's five minutes ago, what are you doing? Plenty right. of time. But Lisa, what are we doing? Right. There's time here. Why, why are we leaving? There's game left. So, yes, I do love that. I love beating uh, Chattanooga. I love an ETSU can beat Chattanooga. I wish Chattanooga played a few more sports we could beat them in. But uh, it, it it is uh, – it's all – and a lot of people are like, golly, and then you spend extra time Chattanooga. I thought you hate Chattanooga. Again, I would like to say – I have nothing against the town or the people. It's just university-driven. It is the university that I do not like. I did stay, had a beautiful time, went to the aquarium. I like 
fish and all that. I did wear ETSU stuff. I did. I, would assume, I, did. Yeah. I did. Absolutely. And if I saw somebody wearing the C, I did mention. Did you go get? Did you go get mission? Just oh. looking for a challenge. Oh. Just looking for any kind of conflict. Wanting, you can. Yeah. daring, wishing yes. somebody would say something. Right. So, uh, I, I will say I, I did enjoy prior to going on the air. Listen, not that I wanted it to be that uh, close of a game in the women's contest, but yeah. certainly uh, th- that made it a little more entertaining getting ready for the pregame. Probably one of my worst pregames ever <laughs> for an ETSU-Chattanooga game because I was so into the uh, ETSU women's game, and then it was like, uh, I forgot, even though you had sent me a message, hey, I'm going to throw it right to you. Game ended, and we're like, all right, we're coming back to Jay. Yeah, didn't even go to break, nothing. <laughs> just boom, 4-13, we got to go. Wasn't, wasn't real ready for that. So I probably didn't give it the normal ETSU-Chattanooga uh, stoic open that I would give it, but uh, certainly uh, I think the folks uh, got the picture early. Well, Kevin Brown didn't help you out much either. I mean, his he didn't want to go. In fairness, that was a. Uh, I just hey, wanted you gotta want it. You gotta tough it I just out. Absolutely. Because I've, I've, you know, I've, I've had to uh, play through the pain, if you will. I'm also superstitious. Since yes. we've done the Brown down, he is. Uh, is he uh, undefeated? He is. He's undefeated. Ah, impressive. Yeah, because the only one would have been at home, UNCG, because we won right. about eleven of the last twelve now. Yeah, it was Miko's home fault. Games. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 77-64 ETS, he wins. Here's Coach Forbes after the game. They were physical. And they were trying to, they were bumping him off his screens, off his path, and give them credit. They're 8-2 at home till today. They've played well here. They have good players. I knew it'd be, it'd be a hard-fought game, and especially on the road. And for us to go 3-0 and on a road swing, I'm really pleased with that. The initial part of that bite was talking about Chattanooga putting a stop to Patrick Good's massive games that he was having, going 35 and then 27 in his last two. Of course, 17 threes combined. Two of six. Did end up with 13 points, which was tied for second on the team. And big late. Hit some free throws to ice the game and also hit kind of what you described and Coach Forbes described as a dagger three when the contest was winding down. I thought he didn't force it. I, I thought they were, you know, Chattanooga did everything they could. And if you, it's very simple math. You looked at the last two games. You see a guy that's at seventeen threes, right? I mean, hey, who do we need to stop? Well, it probably starts with that guy. He's right. the hottest player in the conference right now. It's what you need to do. I thought Good did a great job of not trying to force an issue because he had been playing so good, looking and forcing shots, doing things that's outside what he normally. Uh, does I mean he was a he was a great teammate he didn't do anything that he shouldn't he didn't take any shots really that were out of control just looking to to get a shot up because he had been shooting the ball so well that being said when he was able to get one in transition you could see it okay now now he's he's got one to go down here they've left him some space if he can get another one uh, and then he did and the one he happened to get was the one you could just feel the the air kind of sucked out of the roundhouse at that point. I think it's one thing to go on the road for three straight, look at those games while you're driving to the first location, in this case, Cullowee, and say, you know, it'd be nice to win these three games. I think they are winnable. Western Carolina, Stanford, Chattanooga, it's another thing to go on the road. Firstly, blow Western out of the water with those 35 from good. Then Stanford, a team that you went to overtime with, you know, put them away late, and then against Chattanooga, win by 13. It is an impressive feat, winning 11 of your last 12 and capping it that way. Yeah, I, I think that's the... Excuse me. I think that's the the best way to do it. Um, the the way they've been going, and I think Chattanooga's been playing so good. And there was an early feel to that game, and I think maybe because a couple of the former Chattanooga players uh, were in attendance, and they kept referencing them on the jumbo board. And for a lot of Buck fans of recent, Justin Toyo had flew in from Italy for the game because they had a holiday. That's how much the game meant to him and his time at Chattanooga, but. To pick up that win, especially after Chattanooga been playing so good as of late, to get that 11 out of 12, to try to 
kind of keep pace because Wofford right now is not slowing down, and we'll talk about that later in the week. That's the next opponent. UNCG is rocking and rolling. The Bucks have to play catch-up from behind. The one thing I would say is, even though Wofford's 10-0 and right now, I remember another team was 13-0 and last year and didn't win the conference championship, and I hate to say it, but that was obviously your ETSU Bucks. So just because they've won 10 in a row, doesn't mean, uh, you know, did they peak early? Are they really that dominant? We'll find out Thursday. But having ETSU, and for Chattanooga, two tough back-to-back losses. They gave up a ton of points to Western Carolina, who then turned around and got beat by Sanford. And then to, to really have an opportunity to uh, uh, push ETSU aside to start the second half and really didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, won five of their first seven in conference play, and now it's four straight Furman, Wofford, Western Carolina, and ETSU the losses. More from Coach Forbes postgame. Pop Bo played a great all-around game today, rebounded, almost had a double-double. And we played him at the four a lot in the second half, and he held easily to a couple baskets. Um, Beasley and Villa had 17 at halftime, finished with 22. So we locked him down in the second half. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm starting to feel good. My groin and my hip flexors not starting to not bother me anymore. So I feel like I'm getting there. At the end there, Bo Hodges himself, 13 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 1 block. That is stuffing the stat sheet. And you asked right after that question about what do you feel like is starting to come around specifically. Uh, it looks like you're really able to go up and get those rebounds now. And he said athleticism. That athleticism is coming back with those injuries kind of dissipating. And it sounds like he is close, Coach Ford sees that Bo feels it and certainly you being there as well you can see the difference in his game the last couple I think he's also figured out how to to and this gonna sound weird but maybe to fit in because you know early in the season he was going to be the guy I think everyone anointed him the guy and he was going to be able to do all that and then you know things just happened where he got in foul trouble early or he had all those injuries he just wasn't able to get going as he's tried to work himself back in I think he's discovered you know, what is his place? Okay, playing good defense, rebounding, getting to the rim, and trying to score that way is where his team needs him the most because not that he can't shoot threes. He's not a prolific three-point shooter, but he certainly, you know, if he takes a shot or two a game, you're not really going to be upset with that as long as they're open looks. But I think he's discovered, okay, if I can rebound, get out transition, get some deflections, you know, be the guy that slashes go to the rim or be the guy that cuts when when, when the big guys, which, again, very noted good passers, especially Milan Armas and Jeremy Rodriguez, maybe more than Lucas Casson. But those two guys really look for cutters. I think that's where Bo Hodges is dangerous is where he either has a chance to go one-on-one against somebody or he has an opportunity to cut to the hoop and just be more athletic with that first uh, quick step, get the basketball, go to the rim. We're not going to hear from Lucas Goussaint in these sound bites, but he had 14 points to lead all Bucks scorers, three rebounds as well, six to seven from the field, a couple of free throws. Was it simply, because this is what he said, it, he deferred all the credit to his teammates. You know, I was in the right spot, they got the ball to me, all I had to do was lay it up or dunk it. Was it that simple, or was Lucas Goussaint on a different level from where you've seen him? I think it was a – I thought his – there were a couple where he had some wide open dunks that, that certainly his teammates created. I think the three jump hooks he had in the first half, uh, I thought Ramon Villa kind of just shrugged to his coaching staff like, I, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. I mean, without fouling him, you know, I've played pretty physical defense. I've walked underneath him. I've, I've gone straight up. You know, I'm 6'9 myself and, and got some good length. And he's just hitting jump hooks right outside the paint right over me, and I don't think there's anything I can do. So, you know, I, Lucas is very talented offensively. I, I think, uh, you know, he's very patient. I think he does a good job. And, you know, it's a little unorthodox looking for a normal seven-footer. 
you know, at the Sanford game, he had sort of had a running skyhook uh, cream of the Shabar thing. I've never even seen him use before. So uh, it's interesting to see. But uh, he's very talented around the rim, and I think he may change some things. Again, I don't want to look too far down the road yet for Thursday, but be curious to see what kind of matchups issues he could create against some of the bigger Wofford post-interior players. I know you said on the broadcast he was the eighth player to lead ETS in scoring. I saw on Twitter it was seven, seven or eight. Either way, that's an incredible number to have really anyone from your roster lead a team in scoring and shoulder the load on a nighttime basis. I, I think that's what makes the team you know dangerous right now. Again, you just can't take one guy away. Uh, and there's certainly been some of the usual suspects in, in Trey Boyd and, and Patrick Good. Now we've seen Jerome Rodriguez. We've seen Milad Narmas lead him in scoring one time. I think Isaiah Tisdale's led him one time. Uh, Goussaint's another one. So uh, And Bo Hodges did one as well. So I think that's the seven right off the top of my head. So I, I think that it's very important that these guys are so unselfish that whoever's having a good day, they recognize that and keep getting that guy the basketball. We won't break down the Wofford game today, but there is a call to action from Coach Forbes regarding Thursday, which may very well be the biggest day in the Southern Conference so far in men's basketball and could be the biggest day in terms of the Southern Conference on the national stage this year. I told the players I didn't want to talk about it right now because I wanted them to enjoy this win. But I'll tell our fans this that are listening. You know, Thursday night, there won't be a much bigger game in college basketball probably than our game. I don't know the schedule, but to have two teams with 19, 20 wins playing, I don't know how many Wofford has. They might have 19. I think they got 19. To have two teams like that playing each other, it's a big night. It's a big night. It should be a big night in Johnson City. I'm sure it'll be sold out. We're looking forward to it. So we do know the schedule. I took a look this morning. You've got number 13, Houston, at Central Florida, you know, kind of whatever. Uh, Gonzaga and San Francisco. That'll be a big game. San Francisco is ranked in the mid-major poll. It's at Gonzaga. I wouldn't give San Francisco much of a shot, but if there is another team in the West Coast Conference, there's a couple out there that could be Gonzaga. Uh, certainly San Francisco is one of them. But aside from that, those are the only two ranked teams in action. Houston, number 13 in the country. Gonzaga, number four in the country. And unless I'm missing another mid-major matchup that I just don't know well enough to say it's on the same level, as ETSU and Wofford, and Coach Forbes was right. Uh, Wofford will have 19 wins going into the contest as well, 11-0 and in the league, and ETSU 9-2 in the SoCon, 19-5 and overall. Uh, he's right. I think that you've had some big days for the SoCon on the national stage after the fact, Furman beating Villanova and Loyola Chicago and so on and so forth. But going into a game, I don't think you could say this year – that there has been a game involving a Southern Conference team that is the biggest on that night in the country Thursday. I think he's right. I think it will be. Yeah, and I think that's uh, I think it's great for the school. Bad thing is, it's probably not going to get uh, some of the attention it should be. Uh, you know, just because again the Southern Conference and some other things. If that was a um, Friday night or a Sunday game or a Wednesday game, might have a better shot. Uh, even some Mondays are light. But for the most part, uh, when you play on Thursday, you play on Saturday. That's a normal night for most college basketball leagues. And so it might get some attention of, hey, uh, you know, when I give you the top five games of the day, there's several sites that do that every day. And so I think you could get some attention there, depending on what type of barn burner it is. ESPN has been known in the past to uh, kind of interrupt uh, some games and, and join it in, in action. And don't know that that'll happen, but certainly it's a huge game, uh, not just for the standings of the Southern Conference, but for folks um, that are Wofford fans and think maybe they want to try to stake their claim in an at-large bid. 
you know, for UNCG, they're actually going to be pulling. I, w- I would assume they'd be pulling against ETSU uh, because they want Wofford to keep winning. They want to keep winning. And then they want to try to play them in a championship game with each team maybe only having one loss in the league play. If that's the case, and you're talking about, I think Wofford would have 30 wins and UNCG would have 29 uh, if they each were able to, uh, uh, well, I guess UNCG went out. Wofford's only loss would be to UNCG. That, that's sort of what those two schools are, are kind of pulling for to try to get two teams in. Now, for ETSU, I think if they're going to put a flag in, in the ground to try to stake their claim for a Southern Conference championship, they're going to have to win Thursday. And we'll talk more about this two-game stretch that's coming up because it's not just Wofford on Thursday, then it's at Furman on Saturday. And I'm sure Furman wants to uh, deal with ETSU a little more, too. So, All right, that'll do it for our first segment uh, on Sandus and the sidekick. Back with more after this word from the Buccaneers Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. Or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning, and you're a half hour late to work. Come on. But good things come from multiplying, too, like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead. Enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Thank your own way, Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU Athletics. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda... You can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City.
Santos and the sidekick back with you. ETSU women's basketball team, an exciting victory Saturday against Western Carolina. But don't take my word for it, Mike Gallagher had the call of some controversy. Mike, break it down for me. Yeah, definitely controversial. Um, here's what I'll say, prefacing everything. When you're given a second chance as a team, as ETSU was going to overtime, uh, you got to take advantage of it, and they did exactly that. That is a good thing for ETSU, winning 88-80 to 80 and scoring 18 points in overtime. The other big thing that I took away from the game on ETSU's side, Erica Haynes-Overton is A, in a zone, and B, has ice running through her veins. I mean, to step to the line down 70-68 to 68 after getting fouled on a jump shot from the free throw line to tie the game and presumably send it to overtime, gets fouled, goes to the stripe, and I remember plenty of athletes that have folded under this kind of pressure. Um, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I can't remember, I believe he was at Memphis. His last name was Washington. Can't remember exactly the situation and the, the man himself. Cause this was like 15 years ago. But I think that Memphis was down one, and he needed to make, obviously, one free throw to tie, two to get to, uh, to win the game. And he got fouled on a three and missed all three free throws, and they the season was over for Memphis because at that time, I can't remember if they were Conference USA or what it was, but it was a one-bid league, and uh, that was it for them. Um, that was crushing and clearly has stuck with me. Now, this wasn't quite as big of a situation for Eric Haynes-Overton in the box because you don't have an NCAA tournament berth on the line. You don't have a championship on the line, but certainly I thought going into this contest, it was a must-win for ETIC. Western Carolina was 4-17, and 334 of 351 in the RPI, 0-6 in the league at that time. And it's just not a game that you lose if you're going to contend for a championship and make some noise in the Southern Conference postseason. So you have the back-and-forth game. ETSU is up 9 at the half. You come down late. Erica Haynes-Overton just center cut on those free throws. I'm telling you that it did not hit any rim at all, either of those free throws. So impressive. And she was pumped up after but showed the calm, cool, and collected side that can make her such an incredible player. She finished with 31, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. I'm thinking we're going to overtime, right? It's 70 to 70.5 seconds left. Now, the timeout does advance the ball this year in women's basketball. So you get it uh, past half court, about 40 feet from the bucket. Jewel Smalls was having a great day for Western Carolina. Ended up with 32 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. And she is maybe 5, 7, 8, 10 feet outside the 3-point line. And there's not much going for Western. You know, they try and run a play to get a tip at the rim, which is smart, right? 0.5 seconds left. You're, you're not guaranteed that if you do a catch and shoot, you're going to get it off in time. That wasn't there. ETSU defended it well. So Jewel Smalls comes to the ball and fading out of bounds, just in front of where the ball was inbounded, just puts one dead center. It rips the cords with this 35, 40-foot jumper, and it is dead silent in Brooks' gym because of – the unbelievable feat that Jewel Smalls just accomplished, but also because the reality sets in, like, oh, boy, you know, we, we lost to Western Carolina, back down to 3-4, and four. got Chattanooga, who's second in the league with just one conference loss, coming in next Saturday, going to have to do some retooling. They have to go to the monitor. This is just standard procedure to see if she got the shot off in time. I'll say this, and Brittany is always saying the exact same thing, and I agree. It is a lot to have happen to catch the ball, do a semi-step back, as she did, fade out of bounds, and make a 35-footer in .5 seconds. Doesn't seem physically possible, right? So they go to the monitor, and there was a video, and if it's out there. I'm not breaking any news to anyone. You can see it on ESPN3, watch ESPN, whatever you have, and the ESPN family of networks. 
there's a video that shows with .1 seconds left, the ball is out of her hands. But the referees slid that aside. They thought the clock did not start soon enough. So they go to the stopwatch, which I think is, um, for Western Carolina, it's certainly hard to swallow, right? Because you're, you're taking the, all the elements that would go into a usual situation like this out of it and saying, all right, well, we're going to do a stopwatch and uh, time it up with the video monitor. You know, a stopwatch is something that you only use under very, very severe circumstances in a basketball game these days because, you know, everything's automatically timed and you've got video and et cetera, et cetera. And they wipe it away. And, of course, Western Carolina just beside themselves. Um, and <laughs> you've got your phone out right now. It is tough to – yeah, it is tough to do. I've hit it twice. Yeah. Twice out of four I've hit .5 or .52. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out how that works. Tough to do, right? I mean, I remember when I was a kid I used to see how quickly I could start and stop a stopwatch. Right? That was fun for me because I was kind of a nerd. I don't know what, why I did that. But um, very inexact is the point. Uh, but I, on – at face validity, on the surface, I agree with Coach Brittany Azell. It's a lot to do in point five. Did the clock start in time? I don't know. I didn't see that part of the video. But that shot was wiped away. You go to overtime. ETSU scores 18 of the 28 points, wins 88 to 80. Played very well in overtime. Took advantage of that opportunity. Um, Western Carolina will certainly feel like it's not an opportunity that they should have had. I, I, I will say this. I bet the chances of the team that has that wiped away, oh gosh, the chances of them winning yeah. are slim to none, right? Yeah. J- just in general. And for the other team, it's like – all right, hey, we didn't get beat. Let's, we got more basketball. Let's, let's put them away, and that's exactly what happened. But just listening to your description, uh, again, at the roundhouse and not being able to watch it, it, I, it sounded like a lot when it happened. That's why I couldn't believe, like, oh, shot went in. And, right. You know, sometimes as uh, broadcasters, maybe we embellish a little for the moment. And yeah. so I had to wait to ask you later, like, all right, break that down again and, and tell me. And then it, it did seem like a lot, but in the same token, you could see if you're a Western fan and see it out of the hands and all that that it's there, but again, it's it's kind of laughable because you're talking about point five right. seconds, and you're also it, and there's a lot that goes into that. The person hitting the button right has to make sure the ball is touched to try, even if all the way referee, across the court, shielded I, by players. And that's what I'm wondering. Even if if and, and not every league hasn't mandated where the referees have the 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 belt pack where they they can do it. I mean, do, and I've seen it even at a higher level. I think it was Tennessee Vanderbilt. They actually went to the stopwatch as well to, to time something, even though they have the belt pack that started the clock. The right. three referees did. And so they went to uh, a stopwatch scenario. So I, I'm not a huge fan of, of using the stopwatch in general. I get it. There, there's, so you there's have time. seen it before. Oh, yeah. 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 It, it's, it's it for whatever reason. It's the backup system. It is. Yeah. They're – you know, and there is something for if there is a clock error, then, then how else would would we deal with it? But with point five and to watch that go in, and to, I'm sure, you know, you just one team is celebrating, the other team's deflated. You had to feel like if the stopwatch came out, it, the longer it took, probably the better it was yes. for the team that didn't hit the shot. That's what it seemed like, and so ETSU gets the victory and. I think a lot of people, yeah, look at it as controversial and all that. Bottom line is, it underscores the fact that you cannot take any team in the Southern Conference lightly, whether it's Western Carolina, whether it's Mercer, from the bottom to the top of the league. ETSU, I thought, played very hard, and I don't think that they did take Western Carolina lightly. I think that they played them all the way to the end. Um, You can't look past any team. Western Carolina gets those 32 from Jewel Smalls and had a couple other players I thought played very well also. Jada Miller played a, a bit out of her mind in the first half. 
uh, hadn't really had a game like that the entire year, and Judith Martin-Ruiz looked very athletic. Uh, but ETSU did what they needed to do. Bottom line, they get the victory. They're now 6-4 and four at home. They get to have a week to prepare now for Chattanooga, and we'll break that down more Friday. But a huge matchup, a rematch of the first game this year in the SoCon for both teams where ETSU went on the road and was right with the Mox the entire time. And at the end, free throws lengthened it out a bit, ended up being a nine-point game. But, yeah, uh, one of the crazier games that I've seen at Brooks Gym certainly on Saturday. And uh, while Western Carolina will feel, yeah, that maybe they got the short end of the stick, I think, again, ETSU had a lot to do in that situation. You know, they were trying to hold on. They got the free throws at the end. Eric Haynes Overton hit them. It's not taking away from what ETSU did at all because they could not have defended the inbounds play any better at all. That's one part of the thing I didn't even mention. I mean, there were two defenders right there blanketing Jewel Smalls and still makes the shot. But uh, I I think in the end, I think the bottom line of it is they got it right in the sense that .5 seconds, catch, step back, shot, it's just not plausible, right? It may have, video may have shown something else. The stopwatch, <laughs> I guess that may have shown st- something else too. It got as inexact as it is, but certainly ETSU focused on what they needed to accomplish. They got it done and are now 4-3 and three in the league, back above 500. And that'll be a huge matchup. We got the Wofford game on Thursday for the men, then Saturday, Chattanooga. That's going to be a massive one. And certainly with how ETSU has been playing at home, because they're averaging you know above 78 points per game now at Brooks Gym. I think it's a game that ETSU can win, and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I think the other thing is uh, not just seeing Eric Haynes Overton in the zone she's in. Micah Sheets now a couple games good. And here's another one. You know, we haven't seen Kyle Upton be able to consistently score, but we did the first two games as homestand. I'd like to see if she can continue to grow and be that third score for uh, ETSU. Well, she's being more aggressive. You know, she took seven shots to get to 11 points last game and then against Western Carolina, you know, four for nine, six rebounds, crashing the glass, three assists, and got to 11 points as well. And, yeah, Micah Sheets certainly wasn't at full strength. She had a slip fibula, which sounded super painful, just slipped out of its holding or uh, whatever holds a fibula in place. It it was kind of dislocated, essentially, Um, and they had to do some creative wrapping of her leg. It was pretty much wrapped from her ankle, you know, up to – her shorts, and it looked like she, you know, it didn't look like she was showing any ill effects, but certainly she was sore and had to, you know, dig deep to play that day at all and ended up with 15 points right at her average in conference play. Um, ETSU 43 rebounds to the 29, or pardon me, 43 to 43, 29 defensive rebounds for Chattanooga. And I thought that uh, another area where ETSU really stood apart from Chattanooga assists, sharing the basketball, 19 assists on. 29 field goals made. So, uh, yeah, Micah Sheets, Kaya Upton, uh, I thought that it may be a good game against Western Carolina to develop a third score and try some new things. As it turned out, ETSU needed their best from everybody on the court to beat Western. But, again, it's a top-to-bottom, very difficult conference. So, yeah, three and double figures. Also got eight from Brittany Snowden, eight from Sedasia Tips, who had all eight of those coming in the first 25 or so minutes of the game. But a very good victory for ETSU with how the game unfolded. Some may have gone in to say, well, this should be a runaway. I think you and me were even <laughs> kind of hinting at it. Like, I think ETSU is probably going to, on their home floor, take care of business, win by 25 or 30. That's just not how the game went, but a W is a W at the end of the day, and good for ETSU to get that out of the Chattanooga game. Yeah, I think it's a, a good start at home stand. Can he make it three in a row? Certainly. Uh, everyone's trying to keep pace with Mercer, right? That, that's what everyone's trying to do, and the league is still wide open. Seating is still wide open. And Mercer is the exact perfect example this year to show that a win's a win, right? Because they've won like four or five games in conference play, it seems like, by uh, two, three points. You know, they're 
proving that even at the top of the league, however you get a win is good enough because it'll go in that W column at the end of the day, and they're still undefeated in the league. As you said, seating's wide open. You want to avoid having to play probably a Mercer or Chattanooga, but even those two teams, I mean, I wasn't overly impressed by Mercer when we went down there and saw them a couple weekends back. Chattanooga, I certainly did not think looked like anything special when ETSU played them in the conference opener. Um, again, we'll break that more down on Friday, but those are the top two teams in the league. So it is still wide open to get the seed to avoid those top two is always a good thing. And ETSU is tied for third now. So you've got a matchup between the second and third teams in the league coming Saturday. That'll do it for our recap of ETSU women's basketball. When we come back, some horrible segment I'm sure uh, Mike has lined up for us in this week's episode of Pros versus Jays. Don't forget to download a SoundCloud and on iTunes. Subscribe to RSS feed. That way, every time we upload a show, you get the notification that the new show has been uploaded and ready for you to listen and or download. Back with more Santos and the Sidekick after this word from the Buccaneers Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new Made to Crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom melt. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way you ride through our drive-thru. Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe a lot. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Try the three new hamburgers on Wendy's new Made to Crave menu and download the Wendy's app for craveable deals today. At Wendy's, we got you. At participating Wendy's. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's prefinished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, and Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types designed with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. 
We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. Pro. This one's in your favor this week. You oh, it's in my favor. I like it. You should what be are we happy talking? that uh, we're doing this this week. All right. So you kind of heard Tom Brenneman in the open to this segment give a little bit of predictive brilliance. Talks about Jim Edmonds' home runs, and then you hear the crack of the bat, and boom, home run, going to Game 7 of the National League Championship Series. There's been a man that has made his name in broadcasting in his first two years for doing a bit of the same. Oh, they're killing it. Usually means a motion and a run out wide to the right. Here's the handoff, and to the end zone! There he is, at the top of the screen. If he's doubled, you're going to throw inside right here to Edelman. You just look up there and pick him. Here they come after Brady. Goes down the field to drive. Turns around, makes the catch. Cross that outside. you got to chip with him, chip with him, and throw the Edelman over the middle of the field. Pass down the middle. Oh, Edelman holds on. Brock is out wide. Watch the top of the screen. Watch the safety. If he comes down... There's a good chance he's throwing out there. It's Gronk for the first down. New England tried to play action earlier. I can't see it here. This has to be a run. Second and goal. To Burkhead. Burkhead to the end zone. Hello, Super Bowl. New England is heading back again for the third straight year. Now, of course, there's not as much of the effect without the video, but that was Tony Romo predicting pretty much every big play in the AFC Championship game that ended up with even the final play, uh, Rex Burkhead on the run to get to the Super Bowl. And yesterday, the Super Bowl, of course, did go on. Very happy and joyous occasion for you, a 13-3 victory for New England. I didn't hear as much predictive brilliance yesterday from Romo. Now, Jim Nance did have a couple of very impressive moments where he kind of jinxed the first field goal from Stephen Goskowski. I'm sure you weren't too happy with that. He said no one had missed in the, uh, what's it, the Georgia Dome? Is that still what it's called? Mercedes-Benz <laughs> Stadium? Mercedes it's a, Benz it's Stadium. a whole different the building Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's a brand right. new stadium. So, uh, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I think 31 for 31, and then, of course, Goskowski, who's one of the most reliable kickers in NFL history, tugs one left. And then as the punt from, I thought was the worst punt of the day, quite honestly, there were some impressive punts by both Ryan Allen and Johnny Hecker, but Hecker boots one in the air, probably goes maybe 35 yards, rolls another 30 yards, and about 10 yards from stopping, Jim Nance says, this could be the longest punt in Super Bowl history, and then right before commercial break, it is, it is by one yard. So I thought Jim Nance actually, which is strange on the biggest stage where Tony Romo had made a name for himself for predicting things so well, Jim Nance actually stole the spotlight from Tony Romo. 
You had a bit of predictive brilliance yourself against Stanford. Patrick Good with the basketball. Bucks would love to hit a shot here and get a timeout from Scotty Padgett. Hodges with the basketball. Hands off Trey Boyd. Boyd, step back jumper. 15, floater, good, got it. 66-58, and there it is. Timeout, Scotty Padgett. Firstly, I think that the best moment of any of your basketball yeah. games that you call is when the opposing coach calls a timeout and you throw a Y on the end of their first name. Now, you didn't do it last year with John Calipari. I didn't know if that's because he had he's too big. He's too big. To, you didn't go Johnny Calipari. You went John Calipari. You've struggled with, what's his name, Lamont Paris? Yeah, Lamont Paris. And, and, I, and we've gone back and forth a number of times. I think, I, I think you go with Lamont E. Paris, and you're like, ah, I don't think it really fits, which it doesn't. I just like hearing you throw a Y on the end of any first name. And there you, well ahead of time, you know, love to get a basket. Love to see a timeout from Scotty Padgett. And then, boom, seven, eight seconds later, you and Tony Romo and perhaps even Jim Nance on even ground, if only for a moment. <laughs> At a very, very brief moment, <laughs> I will say that. I, I don't know what my favorite one is. I kind of liked um, Matty McCall. That was one of my – Matty McCall. Yeah, kind of like uh, – Wesley Miller I enjoyed. Wesley was a good one, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he doesn't enjoy that whatsoever. Willie Wade, you know, now he's at LSU. Willie Wade, okay. You know, rumor is there might be a chance ETSU may play LSU next year. They tried to think play this year. Couldn't get it worked out, so the Bucks may get that back in a work. So it could just be a rumor. Of course, Brooke Savage worked for Will Wade in his uh, time at Chattanooga, which I still hold that against Brooke Savage to this day. And uh, I hold grudges, Mike. There's uh, there's there's several I'd have to go back. I've never given the the Mikey Young though, uh, mainly because he scares Mikey. me. I'm, I'm really? Not, okay. Yeah, I know. He looks like. Well, it. Scotty Padgett is six yeah, nine true. two eight. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. If that's he doesn't true. scare you, I'm not sure that there will be many that do outside of a six nine two hundred eighty pound man. Um, you pretty much make it work with most of them. I was disappointed with the lack of Johnny Calipari last year when ETSU. What were we, we were up like six eight maybe ten on the road at that point, and uh, I even used that along with. Some of your other best, I thought, timeout calls of opposing coaches in one of the lead-ups to the Southern Conference Championship game, one of our intro songs. So always one of my favorite moments, and I was very in awe by, uh, by that one. So, uh, Yeah, I have, I've done Danny Earl once, which is VMI's head coach. So Danny I've Earl. done that. Uh, you know, um, Duger Balkum, there's nothing really to – I think you call him Duggar. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Duggar ba- – yeah, Duggery. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like you just, there's some you just can't, you just can't do. So I, I was waiting the NCAA tournament against Florida. I was waiting to do uh, a Mikey White, but I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. So that would have been good too. Waiting, waiting for that, and the Bucks just never quite had anything that let. Because it's one thing if they just you know they make a basket call timeout. It's another thing if you you're on a run you and force right, them you, to call you have timeout. to make them stop the momentum. And so that's what I always thought. That's always where I figured it, it that came from. And I'll be interested to hear how you did develop it because I always figured it was you were just looking to belittle the other team as ETSU was belittling the team on the court. It made sense. It fit. So I'm not sure if that's the case, but that was my thought process about your thought process. Now, I don't know that it was a blit truth is, and people have asked us about, like, hey, do you write anything down yeah. before you go to the tournament or game winners? Have you thought about if so-and-so hits a shot? Do you have, no, I don't. I, I mean, I've tried before. It never fails. Yeah. Once the game gets going, it doesn't matter. And I get emotionally uh, tied into the game. And I, th- I, and I, I think um, I think it was John Shulman. Chattanooga was probably my first. And uh, – I think I called him Johnny Shulman, and I think that that's where it originally started. Just and he's a former ETSU guy. He played oh, really? tennis here. He played tennis here. Was an assistant coach uh, here with 
Uh, him and uh, Alan LaForce were, were tight. I think still tight to this day. He's tight with a lot of the guys. I know uh, he was a GA uh, on the team when Alvin West played. I know he was very instrumental in reaching out to Coach Forbes to try to help get things going for Alvin West. And so it's not like he doesn't have any affinity for ETSU. His wife was a heck of a, a women's basketball player here at ETSU. But I think it started then. I think that was the first time. Not premeditated. Right. Not just out of nowhere. And, and you stuck with it. And we were thumping them, too. And, and you know, I was enjoying every second of it. <laughs> so, I suppose I and, and, and it. And in my yeah. mind, you know, listen, the guy's got a job. He's got to feed his family. But I'm thinking, the guy's an ETSU guy. What a traitor, right? And in my world, that, that that's how I think. But, you know, you know how it is. Uh, in a coach world, there's only one. Uh, head coach at, at ETSU. There wasn't a job opening there, so uh, that's where he was. But I think that's the first time I ever did it, and it sort of, sort of kind of stuck uh, with me. Lives on to this day. I enjoy it. Uh, of course. So. All right, that'll do it for uh, pros versus Jays. When we come back, we'll recap bold predictions quickly and put a wrap on this Monday show of Santos and Sidekick on the bucket here. Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory smoked barbecue, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. How many places do you ever go without your smartphone? My name is Wesley Fletcher with the First Bank and Trust Company. Now you can pay securely for your purchases with your smartphone too. Just add your check card to the wallet app on your phone to pay for all your purchases. So keep on moving, keep on traveling, and keep on shopping with the First Bank and Trust Company and Apple Pay and App, providing mobile solutions when you need them most. Your bank for life. Firstbank.com. Member FDIC. Look, if you're like me, you got a lot to remember. Like, remember to pick up some refreshingly cold lemon-lime Mountain Dew ice. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, here's my trick. If it's a nice day, I think nice rhymes with ice. And that reminds me, I better get some Mountain Dew ice. Or if someone asks me for the time, I think time rhymes with lime, like in lemon-lime. If I work at it, anything can remind me to get to the store and get myself some Mountain Dew ice. Mountain Dew ice. Remember to get some. Welcome back to Smooth 92.2. I'm Dr. Love, and I want to hear the secret to your romantic success. We've got Brian on the line. Bry guy, what do you do? Well, I wanted to spice things up, so I surprised my wife with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, and did those work, Brian? You know they did, Dr. Love. It doesn't take a relationship expert to know you can't go wrong with February instant games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. LeBron is a Laker. Four-year, $154 million, a max deal. I'm ecstatic. I think it was the right situation, the right call for him to make. He wasn't going to get anything accomplished in Cleveland. That was obvious. ESPN has announced the network's new broadcast team for the 49th season of Monday Night Football. 
Former Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten, who recently announced his retirement after a 15-year pro career, will immediately jump into the analyst role. LeVar Ball's Big Baller brand has gotten an F rating from the Better Business Bureau. The Browns dropped the ball all year long. Unfortunately, a team, a coach, an organization, not good enough to earn one win. The only win in the last two years came on Christmas Eve. Now here we are on New Year's Eve. Talking about a team that will go down as one of the worst in NFL history. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. A simple wrong would have done just fine. Now I want to go back to a couple of those in the open from this year. So Jason Witten was, I mean I know this area loves him and everything, but he, he wasn't great. And his first year on Monday Night Football broke the Pro Bowl trophy, which was just a capper to a tough, you know, five or six months. Speaking of LeBron James being a Laker, uh, did you see him last night during the Super Bowl? Where's Woj, Shams, McMenamin, all the, he added all the basketball insiders. And it blew Twitter up because they were saying like, oh my gosh, are they supposed to be breaking news about the Lakers? Is LeBron pushy and Luke Walton out of L.A.? I'm very captivated with the NBA right now because the Knicks continued ineptitude dealing Chris F. Porzingis and All-Star Weekend coming up and the trade deadline. And it, it's just de There's headline after headline after storyline after storyline, and it's one thing after another, which is pretty amazing. And then what was the last one in that? It was Whit no, the Browns, 7-8-1. I mean – I think that Jarvis Landry wasn't totally wrong about them getting to a Super Bowl. I think the Cleveland Browns could have put on a better show than the Los Angeles Rams last night. Is that a hot take? Uh, that was pathetic. Yeah, Three that's, that's for, yeah. I mean, it, who are they playing? Are the Browns <laughs> playing New England? The greatest franchise in all of football. I mean, I don't know that anybody would have beat uh, New England. 13 points? You don't think so? Yeah. A lot of people were saying the Saints, if they would have been there, would have won by no, a that, double touchdown. Now, that's the easy, that's the easy lazy take, right? That's it the is. lazy take. Ah, right. the Saints would have right. been there. Ah, the Saints would have been there. I found it ironic that the Patriots' five losses were to teams that did not make the playoffs. All five, huh? All five did not make the playoffs. Play down to their competition. So, yeah. Speaking of lazy. Got rocking and rolling. But I, th I will say this. You know, the New England Patriots were the Cleveland Browns before the Cleveland Browns. So, if you're a Browns fan, keep hope alive, brother, because that Patriot organization for 25 years was brutal. Are you saying Baker Mayfield is going to be the next Tom Brady? No. I think that's what I just heard you say. No. Your mouth. No. I'm going to rewind the tape and okay. it, maybe those words. <laughs> maybe those words. You're going to have to cut up uh, different Oh, and you know I will. And you know <laughs> I will. Cut up different conversations. Baker Mayfield. Sad. Even. Great. All time. There's going to uh, be a lot of us being the dumbest people yeah, in the can, universe. Can you just go through this whatever. fast? Because I, I was 0-3. So, I, I, I'll just go ahead and say it. And yeah. uh, I don't think I was close. Men's basketball did not get near 100. Yeah, men's um, basketball over 100 uh, versus Chattanooga. Uh, 77. Western wouldn't score 40, and I think he scored 80, <laughs> right? And they double that he up? He scored 80, yep. Probably with you uh, but in mind. fairness, I got hosed in overtime, right? They would have clearly held him under that. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. they scored 40 points in it, overtime. Yes, yes that's and, right. And uh, my last one, the, I, I knew better. I knew better. I, hey, I knew better because they don't – I thought they were going to do the overreaction. I the liked NFL your take. is huge overreact. I liked I your take. I thought they were going to overreact, and they did. There were at least three, I thought, pass interference calls that could have been called, but – it's it's tradition. They just they literally do not call a penalty unless they absolutely have to in not just the postseason but especially the Super Bowls. Biggest non call of the game I thought was Gilmore on the play before the interception. I know it's all over Twitter now, but even right before that play, it was like, Oh wow. 
He grabbed his arm. Brandon Cooks, pretty sure-handed, you know, probably going to catch that ball if he's able to get his arm up. Now, I'll give Gilmore some credit. I think he graded out as the best cornerback in football this year, first-team All-Pro. That is a veteran move to just very sneakily, when there's traffic there, grab that arm a little bit at the end. Referees are going to be shielded from that a lot because of just the speed of the game and also the fact that there's bodies everywhere. That was a veteran move, but if that play gets called as pass interference, you're down to the five-yard line, and then Los Angeles may be looking at punching it in. I called that one right as it happened. Now, I could not have foreseen an interception in the next play by, ironically enough, Gilmore, but certainly that stands out from yesterday's game. I, I think Saints fans everywhere are yelling, cry me a river Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, because they could care less about that. Uh, that. They're playing the Timberlake song over and over again, but they don't want to hear it from the Rams. Cry I, me a river. I, I, I thought uh, that was a huge play. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, that was Dwayne Harmon came over to hit him as well. I thought that Jason McCourty to recognize, uh, hey, oh, nobody's huge. guarding huge. Uh, Cooks in the back of the end zone. May, yep. may want to come over there. The thing I enjoy about that was um, Jason McCourty was talking about how he was excited uh, to go to the Super Bowl uh, again, but it's the first time he was in, uh, a guest of his brother, uh, <laughs> Devin. He actually was playing in it, and he made two big plays, two big pass breakups in that game. And I thought that was the two biggest plays in the game were, was actually defensive pass breakups. And speaking of the Browns, he was a Brown last year, wasn't he? He was. 0-16 to a Super Bowl champion. Anything is possible. Kevin Garnett said it right. Uh, so the Super Bowl, five-plus pass interference, maybe a couple that should have been called were not called. I knew better, Yeah, I mean, let's I just give better. you a little... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stubborn, stupid, stupid man. Yeah, you did, but you went with it anyway. I think I knew better on Tom Brady rushing for a touchdown, uh, but unfortunately I still went with the pick as well. I said Pats by 10-plus and a parlay into a Brady rushing touchdown. So even though it was 10-plus, I predicted a 10-point margin of victory in my prediction I think I said 34-24 now that game did not unfold in that way but it did uh, at least it knew the difference between the skill levels of the teams uh, certainly New England you look in that first half they could have easily been up 14 10 at least 14 17 if you look at how easily they were moving the ball up until about the 40 30 yard line they got it into Los Angeles territory every time it seemed so it could have been a higher scoring game was not Tom Brady did not go naked boot out to the left from the one-yard line for a rushing touchdown, so I get that wrong. ETSU men's basketball, I was hoping that Jerome Rodriguez or Milad Narmas would get to double figures because I said that all three Buck Bigs would have double figures. Now, I got the underdog in that. Lucas Goussaint had 14. Jerome Rodriguez had six at the half. Milad Narmas was having a bad game, had two points at the half, then had two buckets in the second half, ended up with six. I was hoping that one of those two, Rodriguez or Armas, would have gotten a double figure, so I could have said, well, Jay, I mean, what do you mean? All three buck bigs. Bo Hodges was playing the four pretty much the entire game, so that's a buck big, so I, I get this prediction right. Unfortunately, uh, it did not get there. Would you have given me that? You would, no, no, you, would, you would have pushed against that pretty hard. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, so what would I give you? Come on. So that, so that one's wrong, and then I also said a buck big on the women's side would get to 20-plus points. Uh, Brittany Snowden had eight uh, Raven Dean, if you want to count her, is a big five. Um, Sadasia Tips had eight. She had a good first half, kind of tapered off in the second half after playing 28 minutes. Najee Stephanie had five. Combined, they got to 20 points, but unfortunately that is not one player getting to 20 points. So 0 for 3 for both of us. Drops me to 14 and 53. Don't know the percentage. Don't even want to know the percentage. 10 at 53, I think you are in the same boat. You drop below 200, I know that. I'll calculate them and get them rigged up for Friday. How does that sound? Yeah, when we try and bounce. Back. All right, we'll try to uh, 
do better next Friday on our bowl prediction. Also, Iowa beat Michigan, and that was going to be my other pick if it wasn't Super Bowl weekend, so I might give myself a half point for that. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, there you go. Always trying to uh, get himself an extra halfsies. Whatever I was can. thinking about it. So All right, what do we got tomorrow? The, ang- the, the angry, uh, angry man. Angry, angry man. Guy. Angry guy. Angry man and top 25. Top 25, and I don't know what else. I figured something else out. Yeah, figured out. I've already reached out to uh, Wofford. Does uh, Jim Noble play by play man? We'll see if we can get him Perfect. on this week. So. Don't know exactly when, but we'll try to talk a little Wofford Terrier basketball this week. And uh, ETSU Wofford playing Thursday and Monumental showdown on the men's side. Tomorrow, another episode. Sanderson's sidekick of the Buccaneers. Good work.